1: So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. One of the big questions is what is money?
2: Practical purposes, it exists in a series of uh, heterogeneous databases—very
1: different databases. Do you
3: believe in crypto? Yeah.
2: Digital currency may be an answer. But yeah. It is the
0: highly speculative
1: yeah, I do Bitcoin.
0: There is no second best.
2: Welcome to the Crypto Curious podcast, designed to help you navigate the dynamic world of cryptocurrency. We're here for anyone who's interested in crypto at all. Maybe you've already dipped your toe in the water or maybe you don't know anything about it and this is the very beginning. But we recommend heading back to the early episodes to get your footing. However, if you think you're ready to dive in head first, then let's do it. Today we're chatting about the eagerly awaited merge. We'll spend some time in the metaverse with Zuckerberg. A GameStop development is in the works and an ambitious plot to recover $175 million worth of Bitcoin from landfill. But first, we're going to talk about the guy who's always in the news, Elon Musk and Tesla. But let's start with introductions. I'm Tracy, and today I'm joined by my colleague from the Bamboo app, Craig. Just the two of us today, mate, because Blake is taking the long flight home to Australia from the US. He's finally coming home.
3: Yes, he is. He's got about 40 hours of travel, um, so I don't envy him right now, but let's just hope he doesn't get held up with any delays. But yeah, let's crack on to the Elon news. What's he done now, Chase?
2: Yeah, so this was hot news late last week when we recorded. So it's worth mentioning again, but he did a bit of a market spook last week when this story broke. Tesla's quarter two report came out and it turns out that they sold 75% of their Bitcoin. So tell us why should we care about this? And you know what did Elon say about this, Craig?
3: Well, firstly, there is an infamous tweet when Bitcoin had a little sharp rebound and Elon tweeted, Tesla has diamond hands, with a diamond hands emoji. Turns out he's a fibber. Um, (laughs) He doesn't have diamond hands. They have sold, but they did sell to profit. Um, And the reasons that they quoted was the fact that they were worried about lockdowns in China. And as we've spoke about previously, They stopped accepting Bitcoin because of the environmental impact concerns, which we have debunked in the past. But a lot of the experts that are much smarter than you and I, Trace, they think it's because if they didn't convert to cash, it would have been a negative cash flow quarter. Mm. And they did actually result in a profit on this Bitcoin trade. So either that or they've lost faith in Bitcoin as a treasury reserve asset. But I suspect it's probably the cash flow reason because I can probably see Elon getting amongst it once again.
2: Yeah, I think you're right there. I think that's a little bit in between there. We'll move on. And next is the ETCC conference, which happened last week. And this is a big one because the ETH conference is a little bit like Coachella for all the Ethereum nerds out there. Instead of your Jay-Z headlining, you've got Vitalik as the headliner. And here is what we found out at this conference, the merge, which we've been hearing a lot about, is just the tip of the iceberg for this upgrade. We know Ethereum will move from proof of work to proof of stake during this phase, which we spoke about a lot in last week's episode. But Vitalik is saying that this roadmap is only 55% done after this merge. And there's actually four more stages from here on in. In total, there are five key phases that need to be completed before Ethereum is a completed beast and as it's intended to be. So after the merge, which we've spoken about a fair bit, there is to be the surge, the verge, the purge and the splurge. Okay, so these are the next phases. And I've been walking around saying these all week. I know they sound a bit silly, but these are the next ones to come. And they are really intriguing. And I've been reading a lot about these this week. Craig, you've been doing a little bit of research too. Do you want to give us the abridged version so we all understand a little bit? And I'm sure we're all going to talk about these a lot over the next you know, couple of years because it's going to take a long time for these to be rolled out. But let's give the abridged version of what these kind of mean um, over the next few years.
3: Yeah, for sure. So a bit of a tongue twister there, surge, verge, splurge purge (laughs) but the three main ones is what vitalik was talking about was the surge the verge and the purge now i won't go into every single one specifically but for ethereum to get to a hundred thousand transactions per second vitalik says that they need to increase the network scalability which will be the surge they need to reduce node sizes which will be the verge optimizing storage and they need to reduce network congestion, which will be the purge. So that is, in summary, what how I'm taking it. And the last one is the splurge, which is making smaller upgrades and tweaks to the final product. Um, now, when those four things are done, Ethereum, as you said, will be 100% finished beast. But Ethereum is renowned for taking a bit longer than everyone wants them to. Because it's probably the most ambitious, decentralised blockchain exactly.
2: in history. <laughs> this will take a long time.
3: Yep. Yes, it will take a long time. And I don't even think he's talking about a final date yet because... One of the big criticisms of Vitalik and Ethereum is, well, they mentioned dates and they never seem to hit them. So even then yeah. when he said September for the merge, everyone's still sort of like, mm. really? Like, are you fibbing? But, mm-hmm. yeah, let's see how they go, eh?
2: So we're talking years for this. But, again, everyone's excited because, like you said, we've got scalability here, you know, reducing congestion and, you know, getting the, the network to run s- smoothly and, um, you know, one platform to kind of rule them all, but we're talking five, ten years away. But everyone was very excited. And if you can if you can pull this off, then it's it's huge. So again, could be why we're seeing some extra price action in Ethereum as we have been the last couple of days again.
3: Yeah, definitely. I think the cool thing as well is that he's mentioned that they want to cut the power usage by ninety nine percent. Um, So the environmentalists in crypto are pretty happy about that.
2: And again, like we spoke about in last week's episode, um, pushes towards a deflationary asset similar to Bitcoin. So all of those things pointing in, in the right direction, I think. Moving on to our next story, which happened overnight. A new crypto bill has just been introduced into the US Senate it was introduced by the Virtual Currency Tax Fairness Act and the goal is to cut taxes on small crypto payments up to $50. Why is this big
3: news, Craig? This is big news because right now governments treat crypto assets as an investment rather than payments. Obviously, you, know, you and I work at Bamboo. We have employees from around the world. Some of them do get paid in crypto. And say we pay our rider in South Africa crypto um, and Bitcoin goes up he's going to have to pay tax when he sells back into fiat money, which has always been a massive roadblock for introducing crypto as a true borderless payment system. One of the big concerns I've got is that it's only $50 and um, people like me and you, Chase, would rather see that be upped a Mm. lot, but I think it's a move in the right direction.
2: Yeah, definitely. I think you're right. And I think crypto has the potential to become a part of our everyday lives and I think the current tax code as it stands, in the US and here in Australia, stands in the way a little bit. So I'm really glad that this has happened and once we or anyone puts this as part of law, it's really hard to take that back. So it's a definite move
3: in the right direction. For sure. Trace, I've got an interesting story for you. I'm sure you remember GameStop. Last year, the Reddit traders pumped them with the short squeeze. Remember that one? Certainly do. Did you get on it? I did not get on that one, unfortunately. (laughs) One of the trades you missed, mate. So, well, turns out GameStop have completely doubled down, tripled down on crypto. In the past few months, they've released a GameStop wallet where you can hold NFTs, hold digital assets. They hooked up with Immutable and they're launching a gaming fund with Immutable. And now they've just launched their own NFT marketplace. So they shot out of the gates with $7.5 million USD in the first week of sales volume which has already taken Coinbase's NFT volume historically. So Coinbase's NFT has been around since May, the Coinbase NFT platform, and they've only generated two and a half million. So already in the first week, GameStop has, you know, 3X'd their volume. So what do you think about this, Trace? I think there's a very loyal community that have rallied behind GameStop, but do you think this could be a possible rival to OpenSea?
2: I don't think they'll come anywhere near OpenSeas, um, but they will stand themselves as, you know, Coming somewhere from obscurity and giving it a go with their name and their brand, and I think that, like you said, there's a lot of people that'll be um, pushing them to go somewhere. I like the fact that they're trying to do something a bit different, and you, you know, they're getting people vetted. Is that is that what they're saying? You have to apply to be a seller on there. Yeah, I'm not quite sure that it's going to take a it's a lot of people power for them to vet every single person that's selling on there. So, I don't know how they'll do that. Seems like a lot of work.
3: Yeah, that's right, but also. This reminds me of a little bit like Blockbuster. So Blockbuster had thousands of stores around the world with hardware, video, and GameStop is similar. GameStop have thousands of stores in America where you can hire video games. Now, obviously, video games are going into NFTs, um, they're going online. So they're really trying to get ahead of everyone and become, you know, they might not come close to OpenSea, but they might end up being the home of gaming NFTs, which is a huge market share in itself. So so
2: they're just changing. They're pivoting and moving. Exactly. So good on them for having a crack, I say. And with that, we'll move on to our next story which Craig wasn't so fussed on me putting into the episode today, folks. So if you like this story, give us a bit of love and tell me that it was worth putting in here. But Mark Zuckerberg and Neil deGrasse Tyson got together and explored some images from deep space in the metaverse together. I saw this story and it kind of bothered me a little bit because I'm not a big Zuckerberg fan, but I'm a massive Neil deGrasse Tyson fan. Went and saw him when he was here in Perth a few years ago. So deGrasse Tyson is obviously a well renowned astrophysicist, for those who don't know, and Zuckerberg's, well, he's Zucks, but the two of them got together to look at the images that were released a few weeks ago by NASA, and they did this through a VR headset and sat down to discuss these. It didn't go as planned and there's a lot of blowback on the web because it just looked really awkward. It wasn't such a mismatch of minds between the two of them but also it just looked really weird. The encounter itself, Craig, you watched this, but it was halfway there. The people were half people with no legs and it just, for what you're expecting of the Metaverse, it was really weird. There was uh, one of the Twitter people that posted said, I love how we keep pumping billions into this shit and it still looks like Taiwanese news animations from 15 years ago. So it wasn't loved. What did you think of it, Craig?
3: I tried to watch it. No, I did watch it, but I was cringing the whole time. And this compared to the other side Metaverse preview is worlds apart. Like the Metaverse... Of the other side, yeah. the graphics, you know, the gameplay. Mm. This we just watched. Two, it looked like Nintendo Wii. <laughs> Remember Nintendo Wii Play and you picked your picture player?
2: Yes, yeah. they had no legs. They have no legs. Yeah, they
3: look. They look like them, and they were just talking about. I was just thinking, like, what's the point of this? Um, what
2: is the point of this?
3: So, yeah, mm. there's going to be winners and losers out of this mm. and the other side, Board Ape Yacht Club, you know I'm a fanboy.
2: Yeah, so I guess so because we keep talking about, you know, the metaverse and Web3 and where it's all going and f- you're right. I I'm I, There's reasons I don't particularly love Board Ape Yacht Club at the moment but that metaverse um, that they showed us a few weeks ago did look pretty cool. It looked – where it should be and then when you look at things like Decentraland and I was at a um, Boss Beauties event in there a few weeks ago and that was a little bit stilted and weird and Decentraland didn't look quite as it should but this thing that we looked at with Zuckerberg you know during the week was just wrong it just didn't look right and feel right they kind of tried to do a fist bump together and it was just awkward and weird and Anyway, we'll maybe put a
3: link. In. We'll, we'll put a link in there. But in saying that, it's really good now we're actually starting to see previews of what people have promised in the bull market, like projects like Alluvium, like Board Ape Yacht Club. I know I mentioned them before, but they've all raised off the back of these really awesome experiences. People have bought into it. And now, obviously, the market isn't as enthusiastic as it was but we're now actually going to see Gameplay Preview, which um, mm. we will keep you up to date with because I'd love to see Alluviums and some other projects yes. that are starting to come out. Star Atlas is one as well. Um, when they all start to actually show videos, we'll, um, we'll keep you guys updated.
2: And you make a good point, Craig. It's where all that money's gone to and we'll see, we'll see where they've spent it.
3: Exactly. Yeah,
2: yeah. It's a very good point. Well, we'll leave you with those thoughts and when we get back from the break, we'll talk about some robot dogs.
1: Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today.
2: Welcome back. You're listening to the Crypto Curious Podcast. If you're a regular listener, thank you for coming back each week and joining us. It means the world. If you're a new listener, then welcome aboard. We'd love for you to take a little time out and spread the word and share the show. It's the best thing to help us grow. So copy and paste this episode or share the link with a mate. Right, on to these robo-dogs.
3: I love this story. It's a story about true desperation and ingenuity, and it sounds like a plot of a Hollywood movie if it comes off. So give us the headline, Trace.
2: Yeah, look, James Howes has been in crypto for a while, mining Bitcoin early as... 2009. But one day, he was doing some cleaning and accidentally threw away his hard drive, which happened to have 8,000 BTC on it. Now, this would be around $175 million today. James now has a plan to find this hard drive, and he's raising $11 million to do it. The plan includes robo dogs, human sorters, and an AI powered machine trained to look for hard drives. Craig, can you tell us a bit more about this master plan?
3: Yeah. So he's raising off the back of, you know, getting these assets together, but pretty much these two robot dogs, they'll be sweeping the landfill for anything that looks like a hard drive. At night, they function as mobile CCTV patrols to make sure no one tries to search for his hard drive. So he's making sure no one's just copy trading him, essentially. He's got human sorters, about eight experts that specialize in everything from landfill to waste management, and one of them even helped recover a famous black box from a um, space shuttle. So he's got some good pedigree on his team here, Trace. He's also got AI-powered machines that have been trained to spot hard drives that look like the one that he lost, and this mechanical arm will pick out any contenders for the humans to sort through. So, yeah, pretty solid plan.
2: It is. It is a pretty solid plan. Look, I, f- I feel for him here. He This is the guy who had been knocked back by the council, you know, a few times to do this in other various ways but – Good on him. I think this is, he's got a full plan together here. He, he cannot get this out of his, I can imagine him every night, this would be all he's dreaming about, all he's thinking about. He can set himself up, his family up, everybody up. He, he's just, he cannot let this go and I can understand why. So, but he's got a plan about what he's going to do with the money. What's he, what's he doing with it?
3: Yeah. So he's going 30% with him, 30% to the recovery team and 30% to the investors and the rest will go to his locals. So he lives in a pretty small town in Wales, 150,000 people. But the lesson here is keep a backup <laughs> of your seed phrases. As, um, a yeah. Bitcoin documentary, probably found on YouTube, um, the Winklevoss twins, they have seed phrases in like 10 different countries, mm. in like eight different banks. Of course, at the time, he didn't know that he was sitting on potentially a billion dollars in you know at all-time high prices. Mm. So lesson learned keep her back up and never give up. Because if he fails, they can always make a movie about it. There you go.
2: And now onto my favorite part of the show, which is our short, sharp news bites, which never end up very short because we always end up talking for quite a long time. Yeah. <laughs> Craig, do you, want to, do you want to start us off with your short, sharp piece of news?
3: Yeah, I'll kick it off. So Chipotle, American fast food joint, They've 200K in free crypto with an online game called Buy the Dip, and I had this campaign idea for Bamboo.
2: I knew you were going to say this. I knew it. Craig had this idea. So
3: they've clearly <laughs> stolen it. Someone's told them that we are going to do it. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty simple. Players are presented with a crypto trading chart, and they watch as prices rise and fall. They need to hit stop whenever they believe the market is bottoming out. As every other trader that tries to trade this market Um they're probably going to get wrecked so we'll see um, you know how it goes for them i love these crypto campaign ideas but it's sort of weird that it's chipotle and not an exchange but anyway
2: well it kind of goes by the dip chipotle i like it next bit of news minecraft has just dropped an announcement which i think is very odd stating that blockchain technologies will be banned from the platform until further notice So floor prices have plummeted on NFT World's Lammerscapes, Critters and other projects planning to build on the Minecraft platform. Do you know why they're doing this, Craig? Do you understand this news? Because I don't.
3: No, I don't. What do they they state?
2: That's exactly what they stated, that blockchain technologies will be banned from the platform. If anyone else understands this news, perhaps you can shoot us an email and um, help us understand what their play is here, because I certainly don't understand it and there's- got to be some method to their madness so an odd one from minecraft
3: moving on so voyager digital we spoke about them a few weeks ago another insolvent exchange that are in big trouble another exchange has paused withdrawals they've rejected an offer from alameda ventures which is sbf um sam bankwood sam bankman fried's (laughs) venture arm (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> who always tend to win out. Like they if you copy trade them, they always just know when to fold them, no when to hold them. Not financial advice.
2: Not financial
3: advice. Not financial advice. Alameda has offered to buy out all of Voyager's assets and outstanding loans except for the defaulted loan to Three Arrows Capital, which was about six hundred and sixty five million USD. Boo. Wow! Boom! Just a little bit of a loan there. Voyager claims that the deal could potentially harm customers by subverting a coordinated, confidential, and competitive bidding process, whatever that means. It also claims the proposal is essentially just a liquidation of Voyager's assets. The word in the street is that this offer is a low, is a low ball from the previous offer that they've got, and they do not want to take it. Regardless, this bankruptcy saga is going to take years to solve and it isn't a good result for Voyager users who are looking for their assets in the short term. So,
2: No, this is not good news.
3: Yeah, but Alameda, they're starting to come to the party with a couple of offers, Trace.
2: Yeah, it is. I hope this one works out for the Voyager users. Otherwise, it could be, if it does go into uh, bankruptcy proceedings, you know that could take a long time and it's not good. So uh, fingers crossed that one gets worked out. On to the next bit of news. There's a Chain Analysis 109-page State of Web 3 report which – neither Craig or I uh, read, but came out recently. And the report covers institutional investments in Web3, DeFi usage and DAO statistics. But someone else did read through this, someone on Twitter, and they've given a really good thread and they summarised the findings from this report and we'll give a link in the show notes below. But as a brief summary, it says that Web3 is far more established now than in past cycles. You know, crypto is still a little risky, but it's not going to tank or go away overnight um, it will still likely take some time before the market will bounce back. So uh, just basically common sense and everything we've been saying. But again, jump on that thread as it um,
3: is a good one. I also yeah read the thread and did skim through the report. But one of the things that stood out for me is the decentralized exchange trading numbers. So You know, We remember, Tracy, when Uniswap and all that first started and now the DEX transactions were two and a half times that of centralized exchange transactions in the peak. So that is an interesting trend that people are coming over to the DEXs and they're finding the little gems that you might not be able to find on the centralized exchanges.
2: I think people maybe trust them a bit more than they used to before as well. There's a bit more trust with the the decks than there were before yeah. or understanding on how to use them and click your metamask in and do all those type of things yeah i think the education's a bit more prevalent definitely and that was it for our short sharp bursts of news and for the episode today so thanks again for listening to us we love hearing from you guys get your emails across to podcast at getbamboo.io, and jump into that facebook group that we've been mentioning it's going strong thanks for listening to us guys join us again for next week's episode Bye for now.
3: See you guys.
0: Cryptocurious is a product of Equitymates Media. All information in this podcast is for education and entertainment purposes only. In a spirit of reconciliation, Equitymates Media and the hosts of Crypto Curious acknowledge the traditional custodians of country throughout Australia and their connections to land, sea and community. We pay our respects to the Elders past and present and extend that respect to all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people today. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavourless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well...